Welcome back, everybody. This is the second episode of the True Shot guest spot. Adam and Rich are back. Um, the last one was pretty damn fun. Uh, I'm hoping this one's just as fun, and I'm thinking it's going to be. Rich, who who do we got on the channel today? So we got your guy, Mr. Rohan Stevenson from I Built the Sky. The, the man behind the project, the man himself, the creator, the the composer, the the nuts and bolts that is I Built the Sky, Rohan Stevenson. He is the heart and soul. He is the literal only part, too. Yeah, so. he's a one-man show, and he's got his buddies that back him up. Um so yeah, we got a lot of good content in this episode. We go into, you know, his personal stuff, you know, what what he's been doing, how he's got to where he is, you know, his gear. We we go uh we go through quite a bit in this one. So I'm excited to uh to present it. Yeah, I'm excited to get into it as well. I know a guy that's in a band with no vocals, you know, I'm a little, you know, takes me takes me a little bit out of a job, like <laughs> I say in the episode, but you know, I will give him a pass. He's, he was a nice guy. So without further ado, everybody. We present to you Rohan Stevenson of I Built the Sky. Enjoy. I appreciate you doing this. Oh, man, happy to be here. Thanks for asking me. Yeah, yeah. I, we were. I'm Richard. Yeah, this is Rich. He does uh, vocals. In our, uh, I guess you could call it a band. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> a project. A project. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, oh, I hear your dogs barking. Yeah. Did they get their this carrots? This mic's really good. I've got this mic, uh, picks up everything. So when I record music, I've got to like hope that the dogs don't bark and like hope <laughs> that a, a big truck doesn't go past or something like that. So, yeah. Now, are you, are you in the city? Nah, I'm about about 35 minutes out. Oh, okay. So you're you're in uh, your rural area. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's got a very it's got a small country town kind of vibe where I live. So yeah, it's pretty cool. I like it. Nice, nice. So were you? Uh, and, and I'm I'm already jumping in, and this has nothing to do with anything I've already pre-planned. But that's cool. Your your uh, your music video. You guys were in the parking lot doing. You know, had some of like those cool drone shots and stuff. Was that oh, yeah, right, yeah. right in your hometown or? Yeah, so that's like, you know, pretty close in the city. So, um, yeah, but not too far, you know. It's my hometown. It's, yeah. Nice, nice. So, yeah, so just to kind of give you an idea of what we're doing here. So we, we are a band, um, a local band here in the U.S. Um, with uh, three followers. And uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, and we, we started this reaction channel on, on YouTube as a, as a way to just – you know, Rich is very into the the uh, the vocals and and um, you know the marketing aspect of it, and I'm kind of more on the music side of it. So we end up, you know, just and Rich was like, he's the idea man, and I just kind of make it happen. So he was like, let's do a reaction channel. We we're like, oh, it's a good way to kind of get our band out there and have some fun. So um, with the coronavirus hitting, and uh, now we're doing all of our recording and stuff. Um, I, he goes into my garage, and I built a vocal <laughs> booth in the garage, and I put wires oh, nice. out of the studio into the garage. So we, you know, social distance recording. Um, so yeah. you know, we've been doing a lot of that. So it, it's a it's a little different, but um, you know, the reason why we're doing this is just to to have some fun. So um, we were talking about who do we want to have on here. And uh, I said, you know, I've been into I Built the Sky, I don't know, for since 2000. I think I, I picked up on you on YouTube um, 2016, maybe. And, All right. Uh, yeah. yeah, 2016. And I was like, I got to see if I can get Rohan on it. Because you've been, you know, I'm a Patreon supporter, you know. Uh, you know, it's not much, but, you know, we uh, we yeah, support each other. For sure. And, um, you know, I love what you do. So I was like, I got to get Rohan on here. So uh, I appreciate you doing yeah, man. it, man. Oh, yeah, we, we aim to have our, you know, the two guys on that week. So I'm a big fan of the band Amure. So I had their vocalist on and then Adam, I, then Adam uh, went second and he had you on. So yep. we kind of, wow. we kind of, 
yeah, kind of christened the uh, the podcast with our our, in, our inner influences, I guess. Yeah. Well, that's an, that's um, an honor, man. That's, I'm really stoked to hear that. It's so cool. Yeah. Cool. So I, I mean, I appreciate it. So um, I do have, uh, you know, obviously did my research on you, and uh, it was actually quite quite difficult compared to uh, Frankie Palmieri, who's got what 17 years of of uh, controversy. Yeah, controversy, oh, yeah. right? So, I mean, you see, you search him, and it's like a million things. You search Rohan, and you got all these cool interviews and stuff, all your awesome videos and stuff, but no controversy. So, we yeah. got a lot of good stuff to talk about today, right? For sure. Let's uh, open the can of worms. All right, man. All right. Um, so, I did some research and stuff, and, you know, I didn't want to ask, like, the normal questions, right? You know, I, I kind of I, – our, our True Shot guest spot is kind of like this this video podcast that we're doing now. Um, it's really just to kind of sit down and have a talk, right? So, um, you know, obviously I've been following your, your Patreon posts, your personal uh, Facebook stuff, so I'd like to talk about some controversy. And I know you talked about it in your <laughs> recent your recent podcast, but um, we've got quite a bit of that too on a, uh, you know, on a level too. So I, I'm interested to dialogue about that. But I know <laughs> you started kind of playing guitar because of your dad, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I also started playing because of my dad. Um, what what was it about him playing? Did you ever go to like gigs with him and stuff, or, you know, what was your relationship to between you and him and music? Yeah, so he he performs and um, plays a little bit of guitar. He knows like maybe, you know, six six chords, but he can play <laughs> like a million songs. You know, so that's right, uh, yeah, right. He, he would always perform and all that sort of stuff and always put music on around the house and, you know, so yeah, there was guitars around the house and yeah, I just, uh, I, I don't know. It was just kind of natural. I just sort of, it was around me a lot. So yeah, just, he showed me a few chords and I was really stoked on that and just went from there really. So a lot of your guitar playing is pretty complex and technical. You know, you do a lot of tapping, a lot of sliding, like, are you classically trained? Like, did you take, you know, are you a theory guy? Like, how do you, you know, when you look at a guitar, how, what's your perception of it? Yeah. So, uh, I did actually study music after high school. Nice. Um, I learned guitar in high school all the way through basically. And yeah, I mean, I was just kind of obsessed with it, which is probably pretty obvious, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I just try to, I just absorbed everything I come across and just, you know, every time I hear a new artist and has a new sort of sound, I sort of I'm really interested in it and um, just learn from other artists. And I studied after school. So I was, I was there for like five years getting a bachelor's degree in like jazz popular nice music. So I learned like well, jazz music, which is kind of weird, but it's, it's a good weird, style. Those weird chords, right? Like <laughs> gnarl your fingers up. I think it's like so dense with, you know, um, like the harmonic and melodic content in jazz music is generally quite dense and, you know, improvisation and all that sort of stuff. So yep. you learn a lot just by learning that style of music really. So, um, yeah, I studied that. I mean, I can't play a jazz song to save my life, but I definitely learned a lot of the theory elements behind it and stuff. So, yep. yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. That's something that I have, I have a tough time get you know, wrapping my head around the theoretical aspect. I'm about big big by ear and tab kind of guy <laughs> yeah so i mean i'm definitely an ear guy like i would consider myself more an ear guy than a than someone who like knows the fundamental uh notes of a chord and right i don't think of it that way i'm more thinking of sound and just listening i think the best thing about the theory stuff is like just putting a name to a sound mm. Mm -hmm. right yeah so I mean, I, I just, got you. Yeah. Did you have something rich you wanted to ask? Yeah, I wanted to ask him something real quick because uh, I know that Adam is obviously a huge fan of yours. And going into the interview, I kind of brushed up a little bit. I tried to listen to what I, I could. And um, obviously, I mean, it's not a secret. There's no vocals in any of your music, which gives, which takes me out of a job. But, I mean, but, to be honest, you know. But, but what I was going to say um is do you feel like without having the vocal element with your music that it allows you to be a little bit more free with what you want to do musically that or is it would it not matter it, it, you know what i mean yeah um yeah because you're not you're not can you're not having to consider a vocalist's coming in over what you're doing so you're not having to leave space necessarily um so yeah the, the guitar is like the the vocalist in a way like so i do a lot of like 
the rhythmic stuff and and the layers and then i'll have like a you know a, a, a riff that's really the focus or or a melody or something like that so it sort of kind of takes place of the vocal i suppose i gotcha yeah well I do oh, get right. Sorry, a yeah. lot of um. I do get a lot of like vocalists wanting to sing on on it. So <laughs> I, I think there's you know there's potentially room with a bit of um, bit of you know mucking around with the form and the the way that the songs are sort of built. But um, yeah, I've just been a been a real fan of the instrumental thing. Yeah, because I noticed I I heard in one of your interviews, obviously, and I, I think you can just hear in just listening to your music that you were heavily inspired by Misha from Periphery. And I remember listening to uh, an interview with them where Spencer, I think, had said that he went into the studio. They had all this complex music. and He's like, how am I going to put vocals over this? So that's what made me yeah. think of that question. But uh, Adam, I know you had something to ask. So go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just, um, you know, you say you're, you know, you had some experience with jazz and I know you came, you were a PRS artist for a while, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and Emo Wurstler, he's um I know he's he's not known for his well he is more now, but he's very big into like the jazz um stuff now. Have you had a chance to sit down and, and play with him and, and kind of dialogue or I, I haven't no, but I I have come across what he does. He's an absolutely insane guitarist, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't actually had any dialogue with him or anything though. Oh, oh that's cool. Yeah, he. Um, I met him. Uh, he did a clinic, um, you know, down this actually like a mile and a half from me. So uh, that oh, guy, cool. that guy's insane. Him and Bosco. Have you met Bosco? Bosco. I, Bosco. I don't know Bosco. Bosco France. He's uh, like Nashville, USA, country. You know, uh, oh, okay. hillbilly rock. I mean, they, he can he can shred too. Oh, those guys kill it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he's also a PRS artist as well. Uh, I know you're. Yeah. You've now gone to Kiesel, so I, I had to ask. I have to ask, why the switch? Sure. How did, um, that, how did so, that come about? Um, yeah, so I mean, I was with PRS for a year, and I was like on their website and everything like that. And PRS was my first endorsement, um, which was really exciting. You know, right? Um, I was so 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 excited about it and so stoked on it. And um, after the year came, um, I was actually showing a, showing someone, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm uh, endorsed by PRS, you know. And this was like after the year went by. And then they, they like, you know, I went to the website. I'm like, check it out. I'm on, the, I'm on the website. And then I wasn't on the website. They took me down. You oh. know? I'm like, oh, okay. I guess, I guess uh, that's over then. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, um, that's some good really... customer service right there. It's a good sponsorship. Yeah. So I, I emailed, uh, I emailed like the rep and everything. I'm like, oh, I just wanted to say like, um, thanks, thanks for having me. Uh, you know, as an artist, you know, it's been, it's been really cool. I, I really appreciate. It. I'm, you know, I was so stoked. So, you know, I guess, uh, I guess it's over because I'm, I'm on, not on the website and all that sort of stuff. So, um. I'm like, yeah, thanks, man. Like, appreciate it. And then he's like, oh, dude, you're still endorsed. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like what? I'm like, that's kind of weird. Um, but I'm like, okay, I guess I, I didn't really understand what, what that was about. But I'm like, okay, cool. Hmm. Um, obviously, PRS are quite a big company. And, um, and like, I completely understand. Like, because where I was at at that time, I was like borderline no one, you know. So I was, I was pretty lucky to even get an endorsement, you know, so I could understand that I'm not really one of their priorities, you know what I mean? So, right, right. Um, but, uh, yeah, when I went to NAMM in 2017, I met up with, you know, met Kiesel. I was actually um, recognized by um, one of the guys that works there named Brandon. Um, oh, yep, yep. Yeah, so he actually used to play in a band called Chon. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and um, yep. when they played in Australia, uh, we supported them. So, yeah. Oh, so cool. yeah, that's it was cool. between the Buried and Me and Chon that played played an Australian tour together. <laughs> Sorry, that's oh, my dog going yeah. <laughs> going crazy there. Um, yeah, and we got to open that the Melbourne show. So um, Brandon actually saw our set, and he really enjoyed it. So. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, when we went to Nam, Brandon saw us there and he's like, "Oh, you're that fucking band from Melbourne that, that we, you know, we, I really liked." And he's like, and he was like, "Oh, dude, like, what are you doing for guitars?" You know, 
Yeah. And that that was like, you know, after the year of with PRS. So I'm like, I'm like, man, this could be a really good opportunity because you know, Kiesel were an up and more an up and coming company. You know, and yep. I've been following their their you know Instagram and seeing the amazing you know builds that they're doing and just you know I've really been keeping my eye on them because of what they've been doing and um yeah when Brandon was like stoked on us and um you know he really he was trying to you know trying to get us in you know so um right. we had a bit of a conversation there and um they they were like hey you know if you want to come in um let's do it you know so I figured I, I you know that was one of those decisions I had to make you know I mean I could have I could have you know stayed with PRS and um you know who knows but um i just thought at that time you know kiesel would probably be a better fit for both of us you know they're an upcoming company and you know i'm an upcoming artist where the prs are quite established and you know i don't feel like i could it's just not as good a match you know what i mean and, and I, like, I, see, I definitely see that you know it makes sense even just from the genre of music i mean you know instrumental prog metal you know, is I guess, and I'm terrible with classifications. I mean, that's kind of where I would fit yeah. you in my head. Um, sure. You know, um, it fits right in. You know, he's got the Andy James, you know, and, and I think yeah. when, at least, so I got my first Kiesel, and it's what's really funny about it is it's the same paint job as you, and I bought mine before you got your, your model. Look at it. It's on the freaking wall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's the... Is that the um, Cali burst? Sorry. Yeah, so that's the yeah, yeah the uh, so that's a uh, uh, CM6. Yeah, yeah, uh, Crescent. Nice. Uh, yeah, how come you don't go multi scale? Is there a reason? Um, I, I'm just kind of trying to keep it fairly traditional. You know, six strings, normal frets. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So did uh, you go to no, the 22 what? or the 24? Because I know your PRS was a 22, right? Yeah, yeah. I've actually got both. I've got a twenty-four and a twenty-two. Nice. Um, I've got two twenty-fours and a twenty-two. I mean, yeah, yeah. I have no idea what you guys are talking. About. This is great. I was I waiting Adam for him to say Adam it. Adam is yeah. in his element. I'm loving this, holding this back and forth. Uh, I, I just wanted to say real quick. I know that Rohan's got dogs barking. I got cats meowing. We need Adam with a pig in the background at this point uh, of a my, full uh, zoo here. I don't know. You might hear my two dogs running across the ceiling. You can definitely hear them. Oh really? Oh yeah. Uh, so the, the other question that I have for you, Rohan, was uh, so. You know, being in like a, in a, in a band with a, a, a vocalist um, and, you know, you have lyrics and whatnot. So you can naturally kind of go off the lyrics to kind of name songs. What's what's your process, if there is any, with naming your songs or there's it's just is it like is it feeling correlated or is it just like well, th this name sounds cool? Because I know that you did some stuff related to clouds in particular on one of your records. So yeah, uh, I was two, curious right? how. I was, yeah, I think maybe was it two? I, I think it was the I, first I two, I right? Well, everything before the last album was the all Rise. cloud yep. things. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so what goes into naming them? And I know you also had said in one of your interviews that uh, it's important to have a theme. So if you could touch on those two things. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no worries. Yeah, so basically when I started, I, um, you know, I was trying to, trying to keep the sky and the cloud theme happening. So um, I was looking at cloud names and I realized that there was like a shitload of cloud names you know <laughs> yeah. i'm like i'm like that could be like a cool sort of concept like to name the songs like after a cloud that sort of best represents it you know so sure you know, like for, there's like a cloud that's called cirrus which is like really mm -hmm. um very thin and um sort of broken up and whatever so like a really soft song might have that you know that as the name cool. you know? Or, or, or or vice versa there's like really dense clouds and um that I'd name like a heavy song with a dense sounding cloud, you know? So that, that worked fucking great for the first yeah. like, two releases, you know? Yeah. Um, but then um, I just wanted to sort of progress past that, you know? <laughs> um, it, it gets confusing after a while, you know? You're trying to say songs to your, you know, people you're playing playing with or whatever. And it's, I can't even remember what, what name I called, you know? It, it gets confusing. <laughs> Yeah. So I decided to um to take it a different sort of different sort of way, and um I sort of like I, d I definitely name the songs at the end. Okay. Mm, okay. And yeah, so this last one, I've just I've just sort of tried to think of like um sky and space related 
themes. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean. So you're going up the ozone layer progressively. You start with the clouds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Cool. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not the best at it, I'll be honest, but yeah. Yeah. No, I was just curious because, like I said, usually, you know, when you think of a name of a song, it's because maybe that lyric's in the chorus or, you know, it's right, right. But, uh, but yeah, go ahead, Adam. No, um, so you went to Nam this past year, 2019. I know you had been years previous, but you had done some, um, some of the video blogs. Um, I didn't have a chance to check them all out yet. Um, but I know you performed. Your, your, you are a, um, you know, artist for bare knuckle pickups, right? And yeah. uh, I know you, you performed at their booth this year. Um, you know, from. You know, Rich and I's point of view, you know, we go out to shows, we play shows, you know, we get a little nervous, you know, playing to fans is one thing, but tell me a little bit what, what went through your head, um, you know, this past time playing at, you know, Nam. I mean, you're not just playing for fans, you're, you're playing for other artists, critics, critics. Yeah, you, you, you know, basically, little... yeah, you're playing for like people who are better than you, you know, just everywhere right. you go, there's, right. you know, um, yeah, it's like I, I definitely, I definitely get very nervous, you know. Um, and I'm still trying to work on that and develop that. I, I mean, I'm getting better for sure, but because you know you're playing pretty complex music for one, so it's hard. Right. It's hard when I'm alone in my studio, you know. It's hard to nail those things, you know. But um, it's a challenge. It's an absolute challenge, and it's it actually is it's part of what makes it really fun as well because. I think that's what really hooks me in with with guitar and the music I make and the riffs I make. I'm I'm definitely trying to challenge myself, and that is a fun. That's what makes me keep doing it because it's it's hard, you know. It's not easy, um, but yeah, to perform them live is a total challenge. And I was definitely very nervous, especially because um, it was like the first time performing new songs and that sort of thing. And yeah, you know, you've got all these people you know, named musicians and all around you and, you know, you're representing a company, so you want to be good. You want to impress them. A lot of pressure, really. So, but, but I mean, you just got to go for it and just the, the, the more you just try and enjoy it and, and not stress yourself out, the better the performance is going to be ultimately. So I just try to treat it as a normal gig, you know? Yep. Mm. Yeah. So speaking yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I was going to say, sticking with the the kind of the traveling theme, I know that I heard in one of your interviews that, you know, when you play in Australia, it's a little bit easier to get the guys to fill out the band because they're probably friends of yours and people who are around your music often. But coming to the States, I I, I don't have you. You've obviously you've toured the States once, right? No, no, no just yeah. the EU. No, right? no. Yeah. Oh, OK. All I've right, been trying, okay. man. I've been trying. Uh, oh, all right. Well, I'm that guy okay. that keeps saying, come to the U.S., <laughs> come to brazil yeah, yeah. but uh <laughs> but um so what is the what is going to be the plan though i mean for getting people to to, to play when you when you you kind of you're going to come to the u.s eventually but when you yeah. do how how are you what are you going to do you're going to put up a craigslist ad what are you going to do i mean what how are you going to find these musicians yeah so that's one of the things i got to navigate because um because it's like my project um it's like in not in the traditional way. If you have like five members of a band and you go yeah. on tour, you know you're all sort of um, helping with the costs associated. Mm-hmm. You know right. when I when I play, it's like I'm I'm all the costs come onto me, which is completely fair. Um, you know, and um, but yeah. yeah, it gets it gets tricky. So I've got it. I've got like it's at this point now that I'm doing international tours and stuff that it's it's sort of a bit grey because. I want to have like my my main guys that I have locally, you know. Yeah. But but they they've got their own lives, you know. They it's not their projects per se, so they've got to do their own thing. Sometimes they're not available or mm. um things like that happen, which is just the nature of it, you know. Um what? I mean, if you give if you give Adam a bag of Doritos and a Sprite, he'll do it. You know, he'll he'll jump on. He'll Dude. go with you. You know how right. hard, it, you know how long it took me to learn the Christmas song with tabs. I mean, uh, come on. Yeah, you know. My fingers just don't like to move like that. Yeah, yeah. That 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 that's got a few tricky things in it for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because um, we 
because we I'm sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, because we uh, we just had recently had a feature with a guy from Austria, uh, Aiden Holmes from the band Dealer and used to be an Alpha Wolf. And they recently came over here from Australia and he was telling me the cost of everything. And I mean, that's just absurd. I mean, just to get all the gear over here and people that it's almost you're, you're definitely better off trying to find somebody over here. But of course, yeah, they're not around your music all the time right. other than them being just people who listen to it you know, a ton on Spotify or something like that. So I'm curious how you're going to figure that out. And I'm looking forward to uh, how you do. Well, basically there's, there's basically like three options. Say you okay. could, you could hire professionals, right? I mean, that's easy enough to do. And, and I'm sure that they would be fine. You know, professional musicians, it's, it's completely within them, you know, to be able to, yeah perform that kind of stuff, you know, there's, there's no shortage of musicians out there on a professional level that would be fine to do it, you know. So I could consider doing that. Um, you know, I could bring my people over and just pay pay the costs that it would cost to um, make happen and, you know, um, do that. Or um, I could I could do a, sh a bit of a shout out, like, is there anyone that would be up for doing a tour and, you know, what would it take to make it happen and, you know, look at people's um you know catalog of music that they that they're doing and see if they would be uh suitable to be able to, to pull it off but then again that's that's a huge risk because you, you know you don't you might not yeah. you might not get on or you know they might leave mid-tour because you know whatever happens happens you know like yeah so that, that's basically the three options i've got really but uh it's it's i'm i'm not even sure what i'm gonna do you know like but I'll, I'll find a way, you know. I mean, I mean, worst worst case scenario is you can play the backing tracks. You know? I was gonna say that. I was gonna say right. just be a solo guy and just backtrack everything. I mean, yeah, we just saw. I saw Andy James a year ago, and he was the only guy on the stage. He played to 100% backing tracks. Yeah, I mean that would be a bit lame, but I mean if it means you get on the tour and you you get to go ahead with it, then I'd, I'd do that myself, you know. Yeah. What. What happened was uh, in we did a Europe Europe UK tour with Monuments. In, yes, um, that was my next oh. question. Yeah, okay. yeah, I'll explain that. This will lead in nicely to that. Um, yeah, so um, one of my musicians back home couldn't do it, do the tour because he took on some work. So I was talking to Mike. Mike was the guy who wanted to get get I Built the Sky on that tour, and um, I'm like, hey, um, I want to do it, but it's looking like I'll be just solo with backing tracks. I'm like, what do you think? And he's like, yeah, okay, that could work. But um, just give me a second. I'm going to make a few calls and see if I can get you a band, you know. And he ended up um, speaking to a friend of his, um, Andrew, Andrew Scott, and uh, he's an amazing drummer. And, and Andrew was super keen to, to do the tour. So um, then that happened really quickly. And um, then Andrew was like, do you have a bass player? And I said, nah, man. And he's like, all right, uh, I'm going to get you a bass player because I know the perfect dude, you know? <laughs> nice. So, yeah, so um, that just worked out so perfectly. And, and they had really, they had about three weeks to prepare a whole set. Um, and they absolutely, they killed it. They they nailed it. And it was a beautiful tour. Everything was perfect. The guys were great guys. Um, and it just went so well. So that was one of those magic moments where it just all worked out. <coughs> Excuse me. So, so on that tour, I mean, you know, it was in uh, a European tour. Um, tell me a little bit about, I mean, so I know you use from a gear perspective, right? So you use, you know, Axe Effects. John Brown's a Line 6 guy, right? Yeah. From Monuments. Did, did you guys have a tone war or anything like that? Or, you know, he didn't he didn't try to sell you on, a, a you know, heading over to Line 6 Helix or anything? or? Uh, no, he, he just, uh, I mean... He would just talk about gear a little bit here and there, but um, no, we didn't. We didn't fight each other about our tones or anything like that. <laughs> he, he's uh, he's definitely you know, of the people that are, are an authority on tone. Like John Brown is definitely you know one of the main guys for sure, in my opinion. Yeah, he's a good he's a good guy. The um, he's got a good relationship with um, uh, his name's Frank Rochette. He's the uh, one of the higher ups on Line Six, and he actually lives like 15 minutes from me the um, oh, cool. Frank Rochette. So, um, yeah, when, when, uh, monuments was actually supposed to do a tour around here, uh, it got postponed, uh, unfortunately. So, uh, yeah. looking forward to meeting John and, 
and talking gear because um, I'm a Line 6 Helix user. Sorry. Sure. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. It's all good, yeah, right? They, they all have their, their, their good pieces and bad pieces, you know, the Kemper and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I mean, I'm not really um, – not the biggest gear guy, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I love great guitars and I love great gear, don't get me wrong, but, like, I'm not going to – beat up someone if they use line six and i use oh, no, i know that <laughs> watch out but for the extent her. of my the extent of my gear knowledge is wireless microphone wired microphone and, and then he goes adam can you hook it. it up for me yeah that that's sounds it. great yeah that's it i mean i i'm just i'm not that intelligent you know i yell i scream you know that's all that's all i can do but uh as adam said to you at the beginning of this you know i'm really kind of into the to the marketing aspect of it and i think you're a, a good guy to talk to about this because not only are you uh, independent, but you're you're by yourself. I know that you self-produce a lot of your stuff as well. So uh, can you talk a little bit about your kind of like, you know, not without giving away all the secrets or anything like that, but like your how you market or is there certain things that you do that um, that that uh, that other independent artists could probably uh, you know learn from? Well, uh, I think I think the most important thing for marketing is having having good product. Yeah. When you've got like good product that, you know, the marketing takes care of itself because people, people enjoy it and people tell people, you know? Right. I think that's like, you know, without sounding cocky, but like, that's probably, the <laughs> no, biggest, that's true. The, that's the biggest thing that's helped me because I've gone that extra effort to make, you know, the best songs I could possibly make. You know, I take my time. I make sure I really get the best out of it. Like, I don't feel like I'm a, like a better musician or songwriter than anyone, but I'm, but I definitely, I, I spend the time it takes and to really get the best out of the song. So I'm, I'm always putting out a fairly well produced song, you know what I mean? Or an album or whatever. Cause I, I really go the extra mile to, to make that happen. You know, I think that, and every time I release something, I'm always like, okay, I can't release something until it's better than the last thing. So I'm, I'm constantly raising the bar, like for, in my from my perspective. So um, yeah, because go ahead. Yeah, so I think uh, that's the main thing, you know. Um, and then the other thing is just being consistent and being being out there, being visual, being vocal, sharing and promoting yourself, you know. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I was gonna say because right now as a, a solo guy, because. You know, like Adam talked about with us with the coronavirus, trying to like do like these makeshift social distancing booths and all that stuff. I mean, you're by yourself. So um, this is, I, I mean, not that it's, you know, taking advantage of it, but it is what it is, right? You're by yourself. This is a really good opportunity for you to, you know, make some more content. Do you feel like that? Do you feel that way as well? Or are you kind of, yeah. you know, same, same kind of trajectory, sticking to the same game plan? Or are you like, all right. Um, this is a really good opportunity for somebody in my position to release more content. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, initially this year was supposed to be like all about playing tours and shows and um, yeah. getting out there and performing because I've just kind of released an album. So I was hoping to be yeah. <laughs> performing and more so. But um, yeah, now that obviously you can't, um, I'm just I'm just trying to work on music and just just all the other stuff, which is completely fine because I love, I love doing that too. But yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've been, yeah, working on music and writing a lot, yeah. Yeah, because I know that you also have a Patreon as well, and Adam and I have kind of talked about us starting our own Patreon. So what is, because uh, obviously the, the uh, at face value of Patreon sounds really awesome, right? You offer these different tiers, people give you the money for it, but like go into a little bit about, you know, being, you know, using Patreon on a, you know, a pretty a larger kind of scale. I mean, I know that you have, quite a few you know uh patrons i think that's what you would call them so what is something about uh about patreon like is it uh, is it a lot of work you know uh, talk a little bit about that yeah um i i really love patreon um i'm i'm really trying to work hard and and getting you know producing better content specifically for patreon i think it's a really cool thing for you know people that really really want to go that extra mile to support you and and are really interested in you to that extent where they want to support you directly through something like patreon so i want to really um you know offer something great to those people um and i mean i mean it's a little bit of work to set up because you're gonna you want to you got to take the time to really figure out what can I offer? What what's going to be within my means on that regular right. monthly basis, sort of thing? 
So that probably takes the most time is trying to create some tiers that you know you can manage because I think that's what happens sometimes. People get over their head a little bit and then they don't yeah. they don't provide what they say they're going to provide and then that doesn't look good, you know. Um, yeah, so I think that's the biggest thing is trying to figure out what you can offer and that you're that you're happy to do. I mean, this be- becomes a big part of your job really, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but so what I've tried to integrate it with is like, okay, so I'm doing monthly videos at a dollar a month. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm basing those videos around what I'm doing anyway, you know? So if I'm like going on tour, I'm, I'm filming, you know, where I can and, and trying to document things and, um, get, get content around that tour. Like I did a, um, I did a podcast with Ollie while I was on tour. So that was one of the things I offered on my Patreon because I, I do podcasts and stuff. And oh, um, nice. I did a rig rundown with John. So, that, you know, mm-hmm. that's a really cool thing. Um, and, yeah, just um, behind the scenes of a tour and all that sort of stuff. And when I went to NAMM, I, did, I captured, you know, lots of video around NAMM. If I'm going to record a song or something like that, I could make a video around that. Um, so I'm sort of integrating it with what I am doing anyway, you know? Yeah. Cause so I, I think, think... It... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, man. Yeah. So I, I think that sort of helps if you can, if you can keep it, um, alongside what you're doing. Yeah. Cause it's amazing. Like what people would want to, uh, you know, like watch. Cause I mean, I, I've thought about some things that, you know, for our Patreon in the future, I'm like, I don't know if anybody would really you know, care about that, but it's amazing that like, people will care about what they care about. And I think that, you know, like you said, providing that, that content um, that you can obviously deliver on, because that's definitely very important. I've been subscribed to Patreons where they don't deliver. And it's like, guys, like, come on, like I paid you the money. You can at least deliver for me. But yeah, uh, totally. yeah so like kind of one of the other things, kind of a, uh, just a quick little uh, fun question here, but like, what, okay, what's going on in Australia? Okay. I mean, you got you very talented musician, and obviously the metalcore stuff, Dealer, Alpha Wolf, uh, Amity Affliction, you know, all this. All, I mean, so we're, are we only seeing the good bands? Is there a bunch of just terrible bands that we're not? I mean, everything about? that comes out of there is just, I, I mean, from there is fire. Just like, and I don't mean yeah. that. I mean, I say I that mean, loosely because I know well. you guys had some fire yeah. issues, but still. Yeah. Yeah, That's cool. um, yeah you know, actually. I, I don't know either, man. Like, I feel like there is so much talent in Australia. I mean, yeah. I will, like, just go to a random gig or, you know, with a friend or something like that, and, like, all the bands are amazing. Like, I, I honestly, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just, like, I'm, like, dull to it because I'm here and I'm just around it. But I, I don't know. I, th- I just think um, we've got we've got a fairly high standard, I guess. All right. So yeah, well, so who are some Australian bands that many people have all already heard of, but that they may have not have heard of that you would like to uh, to plug here real quick? Because I'm a, if it's Australia, man, you got my attention. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> I mean, you've got guys like James Norbert Avani, who's a, a guitarist. Um, he does like sort of more fusion guitar sort of stuff, but he's an incredible guitarist, um, phenomenal, and he's working on a new album that he's releasing soon, I believe. So that's someone to check out, James Norbert Avani. You've got Jake Housen Lowe, who plays for Pliny. Mm-hmm. Obviously, okay. everyone knows Pliny, uh, hopefully. Um, but Jake is also very talented in his own right, and he does. Um, he's got a band called the Helix Nebula. Yes, and um, very amazing shred guitar, insane stuff. Um, Stephen Taranto is the other guitarist in that band, and he is blowing people away with what he's doing. He's got, the Abbasi. he's got an Abbasi, man. I mean, he's just like yeah. shredding that thing all every day. I, I see people like Joe Satriani comment, commenting on his posts. Yeah, you know? it's oh, just wow. crazy. Okay. Like, people like that and, and more. Like, it's it's insane but, you know, and completely well-deserved. So if you haven't heard of Stephen Taranto, um, S-T-E-P-H-E-N Taranto, T-A-R-A-N-T-O, definitely check him out. He'll blow you away. He'll make you want to quit guitar, I'm sure, but... Um, hopefully, hopefully inspires you. You know, that's I think that's more more important to take out of someone like that. You know, um, yeah, he was featured on one of your songs off the uh, the sky's not the limit, right? I think it was the second. Track. Yeah, yeah, he was on a song called Radiatus. Yeah. Yes, Radiatus. Yes. Yeah, I think that's still one of my favorite solos. Yeah, that, that you song know, is great. Done. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's an amazing guitarist. You got bands like Voyager from Perth. They do really cool stuff. Um, trying to think of the more lesser known ones. I mean, there's tons. Um, do you know guys know Make Them Suffer? Oh yeah. Yes, we just I so love- we we found I found them uh, on the react yeah. our own reaction channel when we did a reaction. And, like they're they're incredible. They're really good. Um, who else? Uh, I mean, it's I'm on the spot, but um, <laughs> no, it's I hard. Know. No, it's okay. It's hard to think. I uh, same thing. There is so many, and it's really cool. Um, oh yeah, the Omnific. I've heard that yeah. name. I I I've haven't heard, heard the of name. them. Yeah. So the Omnific are two bass players and a drummer. No, no really? vocals. Interesting. It's really cool stuff. Really cool stuff. Interesting. All right, yeah. two bass players and a drummer. No vocals. No. Wow. Huh. Yeah, That's it's it's great. They're, they're doing really cool stuff. They've done like, they've toured Europe and stuff. Yeah, doing really well. Yeah, that's rad. Oh. So I got one. So I know that right before uh, the Zenith Rise, which is your latest album, yeah. you basically quit your day job, and uh, said, "Very nice. F it, I'm doing this applause. full time." So, yes. so I know I, 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 in the last video you had her in, you have, I don't know if it's your girlfriend or your fiance or your wife for, um, it, I'm assuming she's still there. Possibly my wife. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, well, she was in the, the Merry Christmas video with the dogs and stuff. Yeah. Right? That's it. Yeah. yeah, yeah so, that's it. That's so I'm married. I have two kids. Um, you right. got two, you have two dogs. Um, yep. so, I, I can't imagine telling my wife, even if I didn't have the kids, listen, I'm quitting my job, should. dear. Yeah, yeah. I know you think I should, but I mean, how did that go? <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit about the, the decision-making process and what what were some of the markers that made you say it's time? Yeah, okay, cool. So, um, so I've been teaching uh, at a school for seven years before I left. So... Um, it's quite difficult because you know if you like we we're mortgage we've got a mortgage you know we're paying off our house and everything like that so um it you know and as your life goes on you know you get into a job you know it it gets harder and harder to to do this kind of thing you know so Mm -hmm. but i've always been so passionate about what i do you know um and and like probably an unhealthy amount of passion and and enthusiasm for what i do you know um so I'm constantly making music. I'm constantly re- releasing music. I've got a really, really high, um, like, uh, what's the word? Quality control in, in, from mm-hmm. what I release, you know? So so I can, I've seen over those seven years that, that more people are finding out about it, more people are sharing it and just getting constant great feedback. And, you know, I can see the, the numbers growing and that sort of thing. As I'm going up in my teaching, I'm I'm just I'm hating it more and more, you know, because I feel like it's just right. not really it's not really what I feel like I should be doing with my life, you know. Like I've been wanting to be a, you know, since I started playing guitar, like I'm gonna be a fucking touring artist, you know, <laughs> and it's kind of unrealistic, but but I've just I just couldn't let it go, you know, and I've just been so obsessed with music, and I think that has just in itself. Um, been able to open doors for me because I just I, I'm unrelenting, you know, constantly releasing stuff and trying to improve and trying to improve every time. And um, yeah, I can see the numbers going up. And um, you know, when I was like in my seventh year of teaching, I was very depressed. You know, I mean, I was, uh, you know, I could just it just wasn't the right fit. You know, and it, it was it was starting to get to me really badly. And and along these lines, I'm coming up with like my best material, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking like, I'm like, you know, this is, if, if, it, if ever a chance, like this is, this has got to be it, you know? So I decided at, at that point where I was in my life, I'm like, I, I don't care if I'm going to be fucking homeless. I don't care anymore. You know, I, I'm, I'm going for it because I just, I'm just, this is not the life I'm supposed to be leading. You know what I mean? So I, I, I just, yeah, I just told my work like, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, take some personal leave, you know, and um, figure myself out, you know." And uh, I, it was very quick, you know. Basically, they were none the wiser until, you know, the next day when I'm just, I'm just not there. And I've been consistent for seven years. I've been a pretty good worker right. and all that sort of stuff. 
and and nothing against the job it's just it's just it just wasn't the right fit for me you know um so yeah then then i just full on with music and 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 all the time when i'm working i'm all i'm thinking about is like music music you know what i mean like it's so true and and you know all the behind the scenes stuff like okay what kind of video clip can i make next you know and i'm planning video clips and you know i wasn't i started being less less and less productive for the the school than I should have been, you know, it, it, it all wasn't making sense, you know, and I was constantly thinking about, you know, what, what would my future self be thinking to do, you know, in this situation, you know, like it, sure. It's, it's kind of a crazy idea to pursue random instrumental guitar music. You know, it's not a popular <laughs> thing, but niche market, but, right? Um, but yeah, exactly. But, but uh, yeah, I just got to that point where like, okay, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm coming up with my best stuff and, and I can't stand to be where I am anymore. So it just made sense to just make that switch and um, cross over. So I just fucking went for it. And um, you know, now I'm 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 so glad I did because I've I've even since then like things have just you know the, the, it's like the snowball effect. Mm. Um, it gathers snow twice as much and twice as much and twice as much. You know. Yeah. So the the leaps like when you're starting off it the, the improvements you get it's it's gradual 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 but then you know you start to get that rise and then and then it's a bigger rise and a bigger rise you know so it's almost like an investment right so you know investing a dollar and getting you know 10 percent. oh i'm getting 10 cents 10, right and then once you hit that yeah. you know i got a million bucks and 10 percent of that is a hundred thousand dollars right that it starts you know? yeah so it, that's a. Uh, that's awesome man i i that was one of the main questions uh that i wanted to to ask you um, because I think that's what a lot of, I think you're in, and this is my personal opinion, you know, I think you're in kind of that, that middle ground. You're, you're not a local regional guy. You're an international, you know, traveling musician in a niche market. And, you know, how do you know, you know, at this point, how do you know you're successful? So how do you manage that in your head right now? You know, you've made this leap, you know, is it, you know, dollars, is it followers? Is it personal satisfaction? Like, you know, how, what, how do you define success at this point? Yeah, I think, I think for your own sanity, it's got to be self-satisfaction. Cause you know, you chase, if you're chasing, like, uh, uh, I've got to have a hundred thousand followers. If I get a hundred thousand followers, um, I'm, you know, I've made it, you know what I mean? But, but when you get to a hundred thousand followers, it's 150. All, all you're going to be thinking is like, Okay, five hundred thousand followers. It's just five hundred thousand. You're never <laughs> yeah. gonna, you're yeah. never gonna get to it. You know what I mean? So, I think it's dangerous to be thinking of success like that. I think mm -hmm. for me, success is: um, am I happy with this song that I've made? You know, that's all I'm thinking about. You know, I, I can't be thinking about the album, or I can't be thinking about. I'm just thinking about the song. It just starts off. Okay, this is gonna be. I'm gonna be really stuck on this riff. You know, mm -hmm. and then it's okay these two sections together. Okay. I've got to be stoked on that. Okay. These three sections together. Okay. Now it's a song. All right. Uh, you know, you know what I mean? You, you just yep. take it like that. But yes, self-satisfaction, I think is the most important thing. You know, I'm, I'm never going to be, I'm never going to be a big deal musician. You know, I'm never going to be a rich living in a mansion. I'm never going to have all of these things that most people would attribute to success, but I'm, I get to make music, you know, yep. that's my priority. I'm already that that is already I'm fucking stoked, you know. That's awesome. Because how much how much how much do you really need to live, you know? I mean, yeah, it, yeah. And, and another thing to really consider is like, okay, well, what's my lifestyle? Can I scale things back in order yeah. to to make it happen for me? You know, I I was like seriously thinking, like, fuck it, I'm gonna I'm gonna like, you know, those people that live in like those houses on wheels and shit yeah like, <laughs> yeah minimalism mini house like this, like, so when i was like about five years into my job so i could i could say okay there's a little bit of like glimmer but there's just not enough to mean i could do it full time you know so yeah. i'm like fuck it like i'm i'll fucking live in one of these like tiny houses like fuck it if it means yeah. i can like make music like fuck it i'll just do that like all i need is some fucking electricity you know i could make it happen you know but, right. but luckily Luckily, it didn't get to that stage, but um, I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't lie and say I wasn't thinking about doing that at, at some point, you know. So yeah, that's definitely an option. 
So I was gonna say, I mean, not even blowing smoke, but that's I, that's very inspiring. And also, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna cut that clip out. You can send that to your wife Emily. So you can you, you just be like, hey, listen, I you know I'm thinking about doing this myself. You know, you're gonna, oh, you're, you're, talking, you're saying I'm gonna send it to my wife. Yeah, you're gonna give her oh. a little testimonial there that it can be done. You know. Yeah. But uh, yeah. we'd have to scale but, back quite a bit. But I was gonna I was gonna say Rohan. Um, so you know, making that leap to doing it full time. I mean, without getting you know too much into it, I'm just curious from uh, the music, you know, you being a, a, a you know a professional musician, your your revenue streams. Obviously, we know you have the Patreon and the streaming, but is there other things that you do like um, like lessons still that that kind of supplement the income, or you know, I'm just curious of how you kind of make it all work because I know it's it's a tough. Yeah, so basically, um, like streaming is the biggest one. So I've got like. Um, TuneCore, which di distributes to every streaming service. Yeah. Um, I've also got YouTube. So I get money from YouTube. I get money from um, all the other streaming stuff via TuneCore. Um, I've got Patreon. I'll, I'll get the occasional people wanting guest solos and things like that. That's cool. Um, I, you know, I sell merch and that sort of stuff as well on my Bandcamp. So I'll get um, people will buy merch or they'll buy like um, the, the download of the music. So mm -hmm. if you want to buy a download of the music, you've got to go to Bandcamp to do that. Okay. So I get people buying like my whole discography and stuff like that. So I get That's cool. Yeah. And then, I mean, merch is probably not a great earner, honestly, because it ends up really becoming not that much money that I make out of merch, unless it's something like tabs. Tabs is a good one because it's a digital digital thing so people pay for the tabs and then they just get a, a download link you know because mm. i think you have a kind of a different kind of fan base i would say because i like yeah. tabs tab like because i mean like i mean like i said my favorite one of my favorite bands is amure i mean nobody's paying for their tabs i mean let's be honest you know sure, sure. yeah you know what i mean they're, they're gonna want like that really outlandish t-shirt or something like that but for you yeah. and the tabs that mm. would be definitely something i could see why uh, but also, Rohan, if you want to make an extra 500 bucks, you can just make a Patreon tier named after Adam, and I guarantee he'll throw down the money for it. So there you go. Is it just another <laughs> money? Yeah, he's taking money out of my, oh, my, my Kiesel budget here. <laughs> <laughs> i got to get another build. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm thinking what other other revenues. I mean, um, there's also this thing called APRA, which is like um, you can collect royalties for um, you know broadcasts and stuff like that locally. Oh, cool. And I get fuck all out of that, but I get a tiny little bit. <laughs> Something. Um, I'm trying to. I've actually got a, a a record store in Japan wants to license the album off me as well, so I would okay. get a percentage of the sales mm. through through that as well. Um, and there's like yeah, licensing things and trying. To, I'm trying to look into that sort of stuff actually. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, because what I was going to ask is, like I said before, you know, you're independent. So uh, I think this is a really interesting time for musicians. And Adam and I have talked about this, you know, being, um, you know, obviously an unsigned band. What is because uh, especially today, like you said, with TuneCore, there's so many things that artists, you know, us in being independent that we can do on our own. Um, I mean, so what is something that you would need from a record label for you to make that jump from being independent where you can, you know, control everything to, you know, giving up a lot of control to to them um what is what are some things that uh, a record label would need to offer you I at think, this point wasn't this yeah. a, a dilemma you had um over the i don't know maybe a year ago you had an yeah. opportunity i mean that's a good yeah. segue yeah. rich yeah 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 i have actually been offered two contracts from some pretty established record labels which is exciting and yeah. i was at a point where i was like considering it for sure because you know i mean the thing about that is you, you're, most, you're most likely wanting to sign with a label if you're not the kind of guy who's so hands-on. If yeah. I'm like, all right, I, I don't know about marketing. I don't know about making, you know, merch and all that sort of stuff. Um, you would more likely go to a label. They're, they're going to take care of all of that stuff. They've got publicists. Yeah. They're going to they're gonna get you in magazines and they're going to get you in this and that. They're going to promote your album and... You know, they've got a network of, of followers of their label. So every mm. time you release something, that goes out to their network. Yeah. So, um, that, you know, which is probably, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of people. So you get sales there. I mean, you're, you're, very, pass you're very passive in that point. You're, you're not really doing as much. 
But for someone like me, who's like obsessed with, I want to know everything about everything. <laughs> yeah. um, yep. You know, it doesn't make sense for me to sign that over and make less money. You know, I feel like if I had have signed, I'd still be working now for sure. Yeah. So that, that's the tough part. I mean, so, so pr pretty much it would come down to a um, kind of like a, I don't mean it like in a bad way, like control, but you know, control and also monetarily, like you would have to be that, you know, a nice balance in your favor for you to sign with a label, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think also if you're with a band, um, you know, typically what is in the metal or, you know, this kind of music, I suppose, um, you're not really doing it full time for the most part. You know, even, even some of my favorite artists work some other job, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so in that case, it's like they're, they're busy, you know, they've got shit. They've got to focus on that. You know, they just can't commit the time that, that you would really need to, in order to benefit your, your profile and your music. So, yeah. um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think, I don't know if I answered your question. <laughs> no, no. Cause, cause I mean, you've been at it for, for what, eight years at this point now. Yeah. 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 So you kind of like the eight year overnight success. So there you go. But, uh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, all the time that you put in before, and now it's kind of paying off. So I think that's great that you're able to do it, uh, you know, as your full-time gig. I mean, because that's actually, you know, because I went to, you know, college and whatnot. I have a, a degree in journalism. I, I dabbled with, uh, you know, law school. I thought about being a dentist, and now I'm doing, like, some, some – uh, finance stuff and i'm like man like none of this stuff clicks for me and i just i just <laughs> love the music i just need to get this schmuck on board for us to go get a put a down payment on Listen, a uh, mercedes sprinter van and hit the road you know i would love to you do know it. what I, I reckon I, I reckon you should just set like set goals you know set like yeah. small goals maybe you can get four days a week at your job you know and then that fifth day you can dedicate to like all right figuring out your marketing and, you know, or whatever it is, you know, yeah. de dedicate it to your, to your music and stuff like that. And then just slow, slowly keep, keep um, switching it, your, yeah. your amount of time and your working days and stuff like that into your, you know, into your project, I suppose. <laughs> but you, you just got to set goals and start small and just, just realize it's not an overnight thing, you know? Yeah, because I mean, hopefully nobody from my work's listening. So I'll, I'll whisper here, but you know, I I really don't try that hard. You know, I kind of just get through the day. You know. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Listen, dude. I think we can all agree, right? I mean, Roe, you know, Roe coming out of you know working, you know, the 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 full time job, you know, now doing music full time. Listen, I I would do it in a heartbeat. You know, um, it's a big jump. It's a big jump. It's scary. It's, yeah. Yeah. It is scary. Like, I mean, I'm still like, I could be homeless in six months. Who knows? Well, because I'm sure you, there's here, a man. lot of, well, well, the Australian dollar is, uh, I mean, the American to Australia, maybe we should move there, Adam. That's the answer to all of our problems. We just take all of our American savings, move to Australia, and we're good. So instead go. of $5, yeah. I'd have six thirty-five. Actually, yeah. it could be quite, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, actually, that is a, a good point, actually, because a lot of my, you know, people that buy my music and merch and stream and that it's in us currency which is like 0.65 of a australian dollar yeah right, right. So get, oh yeah i get a lot more yeah exactly helpful. right which is yeah that, that's really helpful um because yeah like i said i um i remember like when we did our uh our feature spot and i remember just you know obviously you know paying for the, the feature and just seeing the the uh the um what is it? The, uh, the conversion rate. Conversion, conversion rate. Yeah, yeah. So when I saw that, I'm like, oh my god, this guy's taking me for a ride in Australia. But uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, but um, yeah, man. So no, I think that's really cool. And because uh, I mean, there's a lot of volatility with being that you know Patreon. You know, people's you know cancel or their cards get declined or something yeah. like that. And you know, it, it, it's a lot of volatility. So your your income's going up and all over the place. But yeah, no, I. Going back to the record label thing, I'm a guy who you can ask Adam. I'm like literally obsessed with the marketing aspect of it. Like I, yeah. I just I can't get enough of it. So that would be I'd be like, what are we doing with this? What are we doing with that? But yeah, uh, I would definitely not sign in. You don't you don't you don't want to. <laughs> yeah, but 
Yeah, Adam, go ahead. Yeah, so I uh, we're coming up to the hour mark. You know, we like to keep it around an hour. Um, you yeah, know, cool. But, uh, you know, you've put out now two acoustic tracks with um, Tim and Rachel. Tim McMillan and Rachel Snow, I think it is. Yeah. Um, you know, another, uh, you know, Tim does acoustic guitars. Rachel does the violin. Um, you, you don't know this about me, but uh, my grandfather played violin and I'm obsessed with it. I love anything violin, you know, orchestral. Uh, cool. I love it. Um, so that was, uh, you know, that was really a cool to see and B uh, was fantastic. Can you tell me a little bit about, you know, what made you say, you know, hey, let's do this because you know, electric guitar tapping, you know, shredding it. And then you take that to an acoustic guitar. I don't care what you use for strings on acoustic guitar. I mean, to do that stuff sustainably is tough. So, you know, yeah. why did you make the switch and do it? Well, um, I, I mean, I've always played acoustic guitar and I really appreciate acoustic music. Uh, I listen, I love listening to acoustic artists and stuff like that. Um, it's definitely a massive challenge and, even I'm not quite, I'm not really that good at it. Like I do things that um, kind of deceptive, like, like open tunings. Mm -hmm. You know, if you put, yep. put an acoustic guitar in open tuning, I mean, anything sounds great, you know, like <laughs> right, right. pretty much, you know? So um, I, I tend to do that kind of thing. Tim, Tim actually is amazing. Like he does all the tapping and um, yeah, I far, love it. that's cool. Far beyond anything I can do. So yeah. Um, we we just became aware of each other just via internet and all that stuff and he was a you know he really appreciated my music and vice versa and yeah we just decided let's try doing something together and it just worked out really well actually when we first did the first song um together that actually did really really well in like views on facebook and stuff like that so we were like oh okay cool this actually did beyond any of my like metal stuff you know so yep. yeah like okay fair enough let's do more of this then you know? yeah so. yeah and i don't necessarily think it's you know either is better i think it's just a, you know when you look at you know the niche market of what you typically do right plus that i mean that's just more easily digestible for somebody who doesn't like distortion you know what i mean i yeah. could have my mom listen to that she'd be like oh it's it's beautiful you know yeah, yeah and yeah. you know you got the metal heads like you know going oh that is beautiful yeah. And then, you know, yeah. let, me, let me turn on some uh, Translucidious here. You know what I mean? So it's, you know, yeah. it's, it's cool. I mean, um, no, I thought that was really good. And it, and I think it showed a different side of, you know, I built the sky. You know what I mean? It just mm -hmm. still had your flavor in there, which I thought was, was really cool how you guys did that. But, um, you know, it was I, I thought it was pretty unique. So I, I dug that. I dug that. Uh, I don't. I'd also like to say, Rohan, this guy cannot remember names to save his life. He's, he's just rattled off like 80, like everything that you've done, he knows <laughs> the name too. So I would consider that a very big compliment, to be honest. Wow, this, yeah. this guy That's... can't remember any names. I, I, not, I barely I mean, remember the lyrics to what I'm supposed to sing while we're playing shows. He's <laughs> well, like, you, yeah, that... you, you change the lyrics, Adam, and I'm like, same melody line, who cares? <laughs> no one listens to lyrics anyways. Uh, that's very oh, disrespectful. <laughs> That's very cool. I'm I'm honored and flattered. Thank you, man. Yeah. No, I appreciate you doing this. Um, you know, anything that uh that you think we well, missed? Well, oh, you got more? Started, I had two two things real quick. Okay. So number okay. one, uh, the, the, so dealing with the coronavirus over in Australia is there, how is because I know Australia is a small country and it's you can't exactly drive there. So is it pretty contained at this point? Is everything kind of back to normal over there? How's everything going over there? Yeah, so I think we're about to lift our restrictions tonight, actually. So, so you're we, fully we have, opening? No, not oh. fully, but we can do things like have 10 people in a same area and stuff. Um, just little things, like not fully open up. But yeah, I think, I think our, our infection rate is really, really low compared to most other countries. Yeah. yeah we're, I think it's even under 100, you know. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, no, no one beats the U.S. We're going to get more infected than anybody. Oh, man. Well, that's we, that's we, not true. We need, a, we need an Australian correspondent here that we can go to for uh, various uh, news updates and yeah. different myths. Because one of them, one of them, and I want to end it on, this is a very uh, very intense question, so I hope you're ready for this one. But, uh, but, but Adam tried to tell me that the toilet water just goes down. 
Is that true? No, no, no. I said it, it yeah. spins um, in the opposite direction. Well, it, it goes in the counter, opposite direction. Co counterclockwise. Is that true? Is that it true? actually it actually doesn't spin at all. It just kind of it just kind of goes down. Yeah. Really? It doesn't spin at all. Yeah, you know, you know what I find interesting in American toilets? There's so much water. That's what you will notice in Australian toilets. There's there's only a tiny bit of water at the bottom, but in America you've got like a fucking massive bowl of water. We got a, we got a lake in there. Yeah, which is really weird for, see, for so, me. Personally. So see, it's that kind of slander that Adam has toward your great country of Australia, <laughs> which is why we need an Australian correspondent to refute these different myths. And uh, yeah, opinion. well, you got one now, so that's, that's <laughs> it. Woo! Perfect. We'll just we'll give you get you to chime in on whatever uh, Australian facts we come across just to confirm. But um, all yeah. right, man. So Adam, you got anything else you want to ask this guy before we head well, out? Of I here? mean, I could sit here and chat with him, you know, well, you know, all all night for us and all day for him. But uh, you know, I will continue to follow you on Patreon and uh, buggy on there. Yeah. And, you know, keep up the good work on the podcast. I love that stuff. Um, you know, I know uh, you, you get a lot of good interaction and stuff. So I did like the one. I know you were asking about, you know, you you actually, uh, you know, walked to the store, walked your dog and stuff like that. I thought that was a cool way to do it. A little different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, I enjoy I enjoy doing it that way for sure. Yep. Yeah. So uh, plug away. We're on. Where, can, where can we find you? Social media. All, all the, I know that you obviously plugged a bunch of it already. Uh, but uh, like, you know, talking about the different marketing aspects and whatnot. But go ahead. Was yours? Yeah. Um, so I've got a YouTube channel which is just forward slash I built the sky. That's got all my music videos and uh, different things like that, and uh, guitar unboxings and various things. Um, Instagram, I post on there pretty much every day. Um, lots of you know tour photos and merch stuff and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. The occasional yep. dogs eating carrots on the stories, which is very popular. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, you know, Facebook forward slash I built the sky and you can, you can pretty much just Google I built the sky and find most things. So, yeah. All right. Well, good. there you have it, guys. That was Rohan Stevenson from I built the sky. And again, man, thank you so much. Thank for your you time. very much. And uh, uh, have thanks so much for having me. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Cool. Take care. All right.